0: What's going on, military cash flow family? Today's a great day. It's like uh, pretty much my last week here at Fort Stewart, So I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm looking forward to moving up to uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So I'll be in that area. If you're listening and you're in the area, shoot me a note. Um, just hit me up on social media and I'll respond back. Um, you know if you wanna if you wanna get together and have lunch or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I'm new to the area, so I'm just I'm just really hyped up about uh about seeing something different is all. So uh, with that, today we have a great guest, Jervon Simon, and he is in Washington, uh, Washington State, and uh, he's a West Point football player. And you know, he bought a couple, bought a home with his dad, did some flips, uh, got got his license, and then started crushing it as an agent. Started building a team. Uh, we talked through a lot of things. We talked through what the transition was like for him, um, what it was like for him to um, to build his team. Lessons learned through. All of these things. So I'm going to keep this one really sweet and simple. Uh, you guys aren't going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned and let's get into it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today we got a great guest, Javon Simon on today. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. I'm really excited to hear your story, man. Um, we got a West Point uh, football player in the house, man. Uh, would you yeah. li- mind letting us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, where you're at and what you're doing in the real estate space?
1: Of course. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you for having me on. i um, been a longtime fan, so it was pretty cool whenever you you responded to my, to my DM and you know we got up on the show. Um, but yeah, my name is Javon Simon. Um, I'm originally from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, born and raised uh, I got recruited to play football at West Point. At the time, I had no intentions to join the military, um, but that obviously quickly changed once I accepted the opportunity to go to West Point. Um, I played football there for four years and commissioned as an officer, um, and I med boarded out a, a little bit early before my commitment was up, um, and then I got into real estate. I'm, uh, I, I first started out investing, and I was just super hungry for it, and then um, once I got to almost immediately after I got here, stationed at Joint Base Lewis McCord in Tacoma, I got my real estate license and became a broker. Um, and uh it, honestly things just happened really quick and it just took off.
0: Nice, nice. Okay. So that's pretty much the synopsis, man. Uh let's go ahead and yeah. dig into it a little bit. <laughs> let's for dig sure, into it a little sure. bit. Um, so let's start at the beginning. What what um what was your I guess upbringing around like money and real estate, like what was, what was it
1: like for you? Well, my upbringing around money, like I, I really had no, um, no knowledge of it really at all. Um, I, you know, I, honestly, like I was born in a projects where I'm from. Um, not a lot of people are financially literate and it has, you know, there's, there's not a really an environment conducive for, for growth, um, especially um, in the black community where I'm from, you know, so it, it just, it was a little bit tough, but once I got to school, I got open, my eyes open to a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different things and real estate being one of them. I was always really interested in, in understanding, you know, how to invest and all that, but i never really understood it. And I never really knew where to start. Um, and then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, you know, everybody, you know, says it gives a lot of credit to, but, it, you know, rightfully so. So for me, um, when I read it, it was really eye-opening, and then it sent me down the path of real estate, and then I started just digging in the deep, uh, bigger pockets. I really dug into, uh, or I read a book called uh, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by uh, Gary Keller, and I mean, that book was like really like the, it was like a, an encyclopedia, and it gave me all the inf- information I was looking for, and then from there, um, you know, I just really dug in deep and just kept going forward and, and to the point to where I'm at now.
0: That's crazy, man. Um, so, you know, you you said you grew up in an environment that th- that wasn't uh, that didn't like, you know, give you a lot of financial literacy or didn't have a lot of people around uh, around mm-hmm. you with financial literacy. And you said school is what is what kind of, I guess, turned that light on for you. Obviously, the mm-hmm. books and the things like that. But when you said school, do you mean high school or you mean West Point?
1: Oh, West Point. Yeah. Okay. Cool, and cool. It, it's more, I think it's more so just being in an environment of people who are always um, looking to be better, looking to improve. Um, I actually got introduced to the book from like some YouTube links that some guys that I was friends with like sent out in a group because, you know, everybody was interested in learning more and investing and he sent out some YouTube links and then one of the links talked a lot about Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was like, oh, what is this? And so, and that's kind of what started it. And it was, I think it was just being in that environment of people wanting to be better and grow. You know, I think I was like a junior junior that time or my Cal year at West Point. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, man. I, I agree. I think that I was, uh, I was introduced to I guess financial literacy and that's where I picked up rich dad, poor dad too, um, while I was in like college environment. So, um, yeah. I didn't really enjoy college. I mean, of course I enjoy the party and stuff like that. Right. But as far as, <laughs> but as, far as uh, like just education wise, you know, like I didn't really yeah. care too much about as much what, what I was learning. I think the real education from, from college is, you know, being around like-minded individuals or finding a group of individuals, like-minded individuals, and then kind of getting that, uh, that different type of education, right? You can be exposed to different, different types of people, man. That's, that's, that's really cool. It's interesting to, to hear sure. that, you know, we have, uh,
1: some synergies there. So, Absolutely. so why West Point, man? Um, it, it's, it's tough, man. Cause honestly, like I was focused on going to school, and playing football, and like that was my whole focus. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I got under recruited. I think because I was five ten and played quarterback, <laughs> so I'm um, not a lot of a lot of not a lot of schools wanted to take a risk on, on on an athlete who doesn't have any who didn't have any film at you know receiver or DB or anything like that. So long story short, I got under recruited. I had a lot of Division One, Double A schools. Um, the only like legitimate offer that I had that was Division One A was West Point. Yeah, you know, I could have gone to you know University of Maryland, um, but I would have had a partial scholarship or something like that. So um, I was looking for a full ride, and I had other opportunities to do so. They just weren't at the level I wanted. So when West Point was the only one left standing um, at that level, I was like, you know what? Let me take a look. And and I also had a lot of people chirping in my ear um, that were kind of outsiders, but telling me like, oh, you got offered by West Point, there would be no other option for my kid. And I I heard that like three or four times, and I was like. What like what are you talking about? I, I got to figure this out, right? So um, I did I did some research and I really like I saw the type of people that they produced, um, and I was like I don't know what it is, what it is about the school. I have no idea. I, I don't. I honestly didn't want to go to the military, but I was like there's something about the school that offers me an opportunity that I will probably never have again. So uh, let me let me go ahead and just lean more into it. And after I did, honestly, I was just like, I mean, I think this just makes the most sense for my life, regardless of how many years in the military I do, regardless of what happens with football, like in terms of my life, I thought that was the best opportunity for me. And, and honestly, I, I, I still stand by that to this day.
0: Excellent, man. Excellent, man. So uh, see, so got in West Point, start playing football um we were talking a little offline you kind of told me your bio as well you're playing <laughs> you're playing broken like for your last two years man what's up with that
1: yeah yeah so I tore my ACL on my right knee uh in spring game of my uh, freshman year going into my sophomore year so I missed pretty much that whole season and my junior year during training camp you know I was finally recovered feeling great I had a what I thought was a great camp and uh I hurt my knee again in the same knee and at the time um, I didn't get an MRI I asked for one I didn't get one and I rehabbed they said my knee felt stable so they just rehabbed me for about a month or so I missed that time but then I came back my junior year played my senior year as well and um, and I mean I had some pain but I was like you know I can overcome it it is what it is and I'll figure it out later and honestly I, was, I think deep down I was kind of afraid because I knew if it was something serious that I wouldn't been able to I probably, I probably would have ended my career you know, um, and so I, I didn't want to lose out on any opportunities, so, um, but once I, once I commissioned, um, I was, I was still at West Point as an intern, and I was like, you know what, something's really not right, like, this is year three, we're going into this, and and I'm still struggling with certain things, you know, um, and I, I finally did get the MRI, and I had a, a really bad meniscus tear, and a torn ACL, that, I, and the, the only time that it happened, that I, that I hurt my knee was that one time my junior year, so I was like, you know, that means that the last two years I played on a torn ACL and it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and
0: yeah, that's wild, man. That's wild. So you, yeah. found, you found out like right after you commissioned
1: and then I'm mm-hmm. uh, assuming you went to what was what was the next steps after that? When- yes. Yeah, so, so I still went to Bullock. Um, I, I finished Bullock. I, st- I, I, I didn't. I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to push through it as much as I can. And I also wanted to get out into the Army because I just was honestly tired of that being in West Point at that point, you know, being there for, I went to prep school. So over five years, you know, if you include my time at prep school and as an athletic intern, I was just like, I need to go see something else. I'm like, it's time, right? So um, I got out in the Army. I was like, all this preparation to be a platoon leader, let me go at least try to do it. And I did it. Um, But, I, you know, I had surgery about six or seven months into my platoon leader time and then uh short like a couple months after that they pretty much uh gave me a med board they started a med board process after my surgery
0: okay and what was that process like i'm really interested in that because a lot of us are there's a lot of soldiers and i, I know you probably know this as well uh we mm-hmm. kind of suffer through we kind of suffer through some injuries right and mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't get it checked out based off of you know maybe senior leader saying you just just suck it up or maybe just that internal drive in ourselves that says hey just suck it up and i'm going to keep pushing right what oh, yeah. what was that process i mean experience now that you've been through that experience right um mm-hmm. and, and you went through that what was that process like for you and you got any advice for anybody that's going through it
1: um i mean i just really say like for anybody that's going through it look deep within yourself and, and say like you know is it worth it is it worth not being able to Run around with your kids or not being able to do any physical activity at some point in time, if you're going through something that's serious because of, you know, whatever the army is going to put you through with rock marching and, you know, running and all that stuff, is it worth risking your physical health, um, for the arm for a military career? And if it is, you know, great by all means. And if you think you can push through it and at the end of however long you plan to be in great. But if not, like, I just say, like, I, I look back and, you know, they took out like a, a large portion of my meniscus. So I was, you know, at a very minimal cart- cartilage and cushion in my knee, in my joint. And if I continue to try to push forward, you know, I could have fought my med board and said, no, no, keep me in. But at what cost, right? Like if I'm, if I'm rock marching, I'm doing, you know, long distance running, which already hurt me to begin with before my surgery, you know, and after my surgery, I was in a lot of pain too. And it was like, if I continue to do that, what's that look like for me long-term? So for me, I just, you know, I really just, again, made a life decision. Like this does, I don't think this makes sense. And they're offering me an opportunity to, to essentially pursue my passion in real estate. I just thought all encompassing and made the most sense for me. Um, and I, 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 you know, I encourage anybody to do that, whether it's to get in or stay out, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you're physically hurt and you're, you have an opportunity to potentially get out on a med board, you know, that's, that's my, that's, that's what I encourage them to do, you know, um, and it it did take a lot of uh, me sucking it up because I'm always the type to like kind of push through it but it was just like you know at the end of the day I got to do what's best for me Um, because honestly I I love you know I enjoyed my time in the army it didn't necessarily I I knew the army wasn't going to do what's best for me the army's going to do what's best for the army right so um, but yeah it so that's that's what I would say and then as far as like you know PT or you know, rehab or surgeries, you know, I, I definitely encourage you to, to take advantage of all of it because that's the only way you're going to get better. And, you know, if you're, if you're fighting through something, go get checked out, make sure you, you get it checked out because at the end of the day, again, you know, your, your leadership's going to allow you to just push through it through PT training, whatever. And, and if you're not taking care of yourself, it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely the key thing. Make make sure you take care of yourself at the end of the day and then weigh that long term solution, man. Like uh, what's best for you and your in your family. But definitely at, at the very least, if you're going to push through it, make sure you at least get it uh, on paper, because um, I'm seeing a lot of people that are getting out and, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get you're trying to get certain percentages based off of how they actually feel. But because Mm -hmm. they've sucked it up for so long and just kind of pushed through it, didn't go anywhere, you know, it makes it very, very hard to plead a case that, hey, I got hurt literally 20 years, 15 years ago or something like that. And, uh, you know, my back's messed up and... You know, I, you've never said anything, right? There's, there's no yep. there's no medical record uh, behind any of this. So it makes it very, very hard to get certain percentages, um, especially when you're getting out. So uh, I know I went, we went kind of on a tangent right there, but I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, kind of struggle through that. And we'll go through that at some point in time, um, just yeah. being injured in general, right? So, sure. uh, so got to West Point, you know, you get to Fort Lewis, you do some PL time, Get uh, you do your med board, get med boarded out. And then you get into real estate. Why mm-hmm. real estate? And, um, what did that look like for you? What was that, that, that whole transition from, Hey, I got a full-time job here and now, and I'm taking this leap and I'm getting out and I'm, you know, as a real, as a, you know, real estate agent and professional, you're pretty much an entrepreneur. Like there's yeah. no like set income, right? So you're going from getting paid on the first and 15th to like, Hey, I got to get out there and eat for myself. Right. What, what was that like? Sure.
1: For Well, I kind of skipped over the whole start of real estate as an agent. Um, And so even as an investing, so I purchased two properties, me and my dad in my hometown in 2018, um, between the two of us, this property is super cheap out there. So we bought two properties um, as as rental properties. And at that point in time, I kind of ran out of money to do anything else. So I was like, yeah, I have a little bit of cash. Go ahead
0: really quick where was this at yeah. and then what time frame were you in as far as are you saying you were in the military still when you did yeah. this are you were like at west point or so yeah kind of kind of walk us through that
1: yeah yeah yeah. so i was actually at Bullock. i was in okay. the army in 2018 um and i was in that so i got out at the end of 2019 so like yeah. december of 2019 so just to provide a little framework so for timeline so i bought those properties in may of 2019 or 2018 with my dad um, and my hometown in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And then, so we bought a remote, had a property manager, all that stuff. And then, um, I got to Tacoma, Washington in June 28th, 2018. And I was trying a bunch of different things. Cause at that point I had basically invested all my money into this one property. I had no more money left over and I really wasn't making a lot of money as a second lieutenant. So I was like, man, I need to, I need to make some shake. Like I gotta do something. Um, I tried wholesaling and I had, and back then like there was not a lot of information on wholesaling. So like I was reading some very vague information that was a struggle, couldn't figure it out. So I was like, all right, scrap this idea. Then I tried the Uber um and I had gotten reckless striving uh for going a little over the speed limit in Virginia a couple of years ago and so I was like man like I can't go do Uber I don't know what to do and I was actually sitting down with another broker who I was meeting with at the time and I was trying to figure out like what my next steps were and he brought up the idea that I should go get my broker's license in Washington and so like and this is like at the end of July and so I remember I reached out to some people during that time and I was like hey like you know, I actually still have a screenshot of it. I was like, Hey, you know, who has within a West Point real estate network, I was like, who has um, any experience or or information on being a broker while still in the army? And a bunch of people reached out to me and really encouraged me to do it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So it took me uh, 17 days to, from the day that I started the test to, or started the course to pass the course and pass the test and become licensed so I showed up on you know January twenty eighth and I was a licensed broker in September fifth, twenty eighteen. Yes. And so uh <laughs> and yeah, so I was still in the army pretty much. Uh you know, trying to, trying to build up a real, my real estate broker business. And again, I didn't know if I was going to stay in Washington. I did at that point in time, I didn't know what was going to, if I was going to get met boarded or not, I didn't even have my surgery on, 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 on the horizon at that point in time. So I was just like, I'm just winging it. I'm just going after it and it'll work itself out. And sure enough, it did. So, um, in 2018, I only sold one house in 2019, my whole year, I was a platoon leader. I sold 29 homes, and then um, I got out in December, and I was able to go. And I, you know, I, after selling twenty nine houses, and the vast majority of being in the latter half of the year, I was like, you know what? I'm I have a lot of momentum. I'm I'm okay. You know, I built up myself a little bit to to be comfortable with getting out and going full time in real estate. And although I was nervous, um, you know, I kind of just I took a, a bet on myself. And so 2020, full first year full-time in real estate, I sold uh, 61 houses as a solo agent. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I, started, I started flipping houses that year too. <laughs>
0: My God, awesome. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books, you'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group, where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash-flowing, producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.MilitaryCashflow.com to get access to all these great tools and lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. I absolutely love that. Especially, you know, um, it's a it's a pretty common side hustle, right? Uh, for yeah. a lot of soldiers and enlisted and officers, regardless of what it is, to serve full time and also be a realtor, right? Um, usually it's it's you know it's not done at I'm selling 26 houses type deal you know but um, yeah. but that's that's phenomenal I love how you did that you know test the waters while you're still in you already know you're getting out you go ahead and test the waters on your, the back end that's essentially kind of like was your transition right um, exactly and and then yeah. you got out and went full tilt but I, I want to back up just a little bit because you mentioned mm-hmm. you bought your first rental property back in your hometown in PA right um, mm-hmm. or maybe that's near your hometown in PA. Uh, with your dad, right? Mm-hmm. What, what was that like? Because um, you know, we often we often um, we often look at you know buying rental properties or or buying something. We have to do it all of all by ourselves, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you know we might get help with you know from a parent or something like that, but usually it's very very minimal help. The way that you phrased it, it seemed like you guys you guys kind of went in a partnership right and bought it mm-hmm. what was that like for you why back home what was you know can you give us a breakdown of what that deal looked like and you know just a little information
1: yeah for sure i mean honestly it wasn't it was probably one of my worst investments that we made uh, made in my life um and you know i don't think really either of us knew exactly what we were doing we we're kind of just getting into it um and it was it's the only investment we've made together to this date but um I mean, it was a learning experience, you know, at the time when we first started, it was, we wore cash flowing and then some issues came up and some things that we overlooked with multifamily, such as like who pays the utilities. That's not something I ever heard of. So like, I didn't know, I was like, oh, okay, we pay utilities, but whatever, it can't be that much, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah, so the, it, we ended up losing money, even on a sale in the back end, issues popped up and we lost money and, you know, it, it wasn't the best, the best investment, but um, it was a learning experience for sure. And I've actually, since then, I haven't done a single partnership. Everything else has been just myself. Yeah, no issues there, man. But yeah. I, I love those stories, man, because that's
0: where you learn all your stuff from, right? Like, that's where exactly. you learn everything from. Yeah. Uh, just like you said, utilities, I didn't know. you. It, that's kind of area specific. You know, some areas, exactly. it's very, very common for everybody to, uh, for the owner to pay the tenants. And in some areas, it's very, very common to, to be separate utilities, right? So exactly. um, based off that deal alone. Um, can you give us like just a lesson learned one on partnership and then two on like, you know, for the first time investor out there, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to go out there and do it. just one you know, a couple of things that you learned from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for partnership, it's not that I'm cold on partnership or like, you know, it didn't sour me and my dad's relationship at all, but it was just. I think just being super clear on what you're doing and then one, at least one of y'all have to know what's going on. Because if both of you guys, you know, if you're in a partnership and neither of you guys know, no, you know, fully understand what's happening, uh, there's a lot of risk involved that it, it's, it can just make things worse. Um, and I, I think that's really what it came down to is that we just didn't, we didn't have a clear picture of what was going to happen or what to expect or, you know, how to mitigate certain things. And so um, that, that's pretty much what I would recommend is just at least one of you guys know what's going on. You know, we had clear expectations up front and we split everything, mostly 50-50. But at the same time, it was like, we just didn't, we didn't have, neither of us had the experience. So if you ever do a partnership, I definitely recommend at least somebody have that experience.
0: Okay.
1: Um. And, and then also another thing I didn't even bring up. So before we bought that property, we were actually under contract to flip a house in Florida. Um, and we... I was trying this whole remote investing thing like Brandon Turner and all those guys say, right? And so um, we were under contract to, to buy a house in Florida and we ended up losing $1,000. That was our earnest money, but for the deal. But what that introduced to me was hard money and how that worked. The deal fell, fell through at closing because I wasn't paying, I wasn't given a clear picture. And it was supposed to be me and my dad too, but we weren't given a clear picture of how the loan itself worked. And so whenever I, on closing day, the lender finally told me how everything worked with like loan to value and percentages. And he sent me a spreadsheet. And that's how I learned about what earnest money was or hard money was and how hard money loans worked. And so fast forward, you know, two and a half years later, when I do my first flip, I was able to project everything. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew how it all worked. So another lesson in failure teaches you lessons to prepare you down a lot, especially in real estate.
0: Yeah, big time man they're not l's they're lesson what the l stands for lesson learned right um exactly but that, that's that's awesome man so um so you, you did it you well you tried to do your first flip um mm-hmm. out of state uh what part of I'm just curious what part of Florida
1: um it's a city called Palm Coast Florida it's like 30 okay. minutes north of it's actually like 45 minutes south of Jacksonville yeah yeah on Palm coast yeah at. So,
0: okay, yeah. cool, cool. And then, um, gotten to it, got into it. You guys did a, did a, um, a multifamily deal back in your hometown. Um, that yeah. didn't go that well, but you learned a lot of lessons out of it. And then you got your, um, you got your real estate license, got your brokerage. You started selling homes, got out, um, walk us through the next steps, man. What happened after that?
1: Yeah. So, um, in 2019, I actually bought my first house with my VA loan. Um, and then just 11 months later, I bought a house, like literally another single family house, literally right across the street from the first house, um, zero down as well, closing costs paid for all that good stuff. Um, and, and and so I did that. And then I've actually since then bought a, a third house now with my VA loan, uh, conventional, but both the homes that I bought with my VA loan, I uh, they're both rental properties and I still own them to this day. Um, and so I've, that's another powerful tool to use as well. And so I've really leveraged that and I'm about to do it again. Um, <laughs> so we can get in that to, into that in a second, but yeah, I started flipping houses in 2020. Um, I bought my first one in September. Um, I, I can't, I think I've done, I've done like 10 or something since then. Um, so it's, it's been pretty, pretty good. I've had some really good, really good flips. I had a couple that burned me, but, um, for the most part, I've done really well with flipping. Um, and it's been it's been a pretty, pretty awesome experience. And I learned a lot about a lot about houses and and all that kind of instruction deals and, um, and all that kind of stuff as well. Has being a broker
0: helped you get, I'm assuming you're getting some off market deals to do the flips, right? Or maybe they're just coming from networks or maybe they're just coming from listings yourself and you're buying them yourself. But, um, either way, how has, you know, getting your broker's license helped you in that, in that regard as far as flipping?
1: Um, well, I would say, uh, I'd say it helped a lot, and the the thing is, is that, I'm, you know, I, I'm full time in real estate. I know the market better than 99% of the population. If I see it, like you tell me an address of the house of a house in Tacoma, and it's you tell me this, the square footage and the bed bath count, I'm probably going to tell you what it's worth, you know. And so whenever I have opportunities cross my desk, you know, nine times out of ten they're bad, and I'm like, I tell the wholesalers like, your AV, ARV is way off or, you know, whatever, but the ones that are good, that they undervalue the ARV, or they undervalue how good of a deal it is, I hop on them quickly, and I just don't say anything. Um, It's happened about three or four times that that's happened to me, and I've been able to really do well with those ones, Um, just because I can immediately, like, look at an address, and I'm like, whoa, hold up, this is a good one, and then I just go all in, and so, um, and and I buy it, you know, I even had one time another broker send me a deal. And when he sent me a deal, he told me what he thought his ARB was. I went and walked the property and I was like, oh, you're like $50,000 off, like lower. And so I told him, uh, hey, because he was doing an, conducting an off market transaction for the seller. That's what the seller wanted to do with a bunch of investors. I told him, hey, if it whatever, no matter what anybody offers you, I'll pay like 5K more. And I did, and I bought it, and it was my best flip to this day. <laughs> I didn't tell him why I said that, but I told him, hey, whatever anybody offers you, I pay like $5,000 more. Oh, but so, the cool thing um, about that it, is, it almost, working out.
0: the cool thing about that, though, is the wholesalers already factored in their profit margin anyway. So even if you're like, oh, that you know exactly. you can make $50,000 off of it, they're already factoring it, they're going to make 10 15 20000 either way. So they're giving you the price that. To, to hit their profit margin, if that makes sense. So not really that, ripping anybody off, but uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, And it seems like you're yeah. doing like doing like a whole like vertical integration play. I like that. You're not, Um, you know, some realtors will just only focus on being a realtor, right? Some realtors you mm-hmm. talk to, if you guys don't know, there's some realtors out there that have never, you know, never owned a rental property or never, some of them have never even bought a house, which, you know, they might be saving up for it or something like that. But um a lot of them that I've, that I've dealt with, uh, don't really know anything about, um, investing at all. Right. Um, which is, which is very surprising. Um, have you run into that? Have you run into that a lot in Tacoma or like in, in your area in your market? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, man. Real estate, money grab to a lot of people. Why do you understand that? that? Why do you think that is like, why do you
0: think they're just, you know, like, I would think that if I'm immersed in real estate, you know, whether whatever side of the transaction I'm on that, you know, I'd, I'd be wanting to take part in this, right? Like as, as an investor, right? Yeah. So why do you think that is? Well,
1: I've learned that not everybody's wired like us, man. You know, at the, the first and foremost, like not everybody's wired to be, you know, always thinking about how to improve, which ways in which you can do better and just like go all in on something. A lot of people, they think going all in is just going all in on being a real estate agent and maybe having a team one day, you know, cashing a lot of checks, selling a million dollar houses. And while that's fun and that's great, and I'm, I mean, I'm built, I have a team, I built a team um, and I'm trying to grow it. I that That's not just my only focus, you know, because ultimately, like I got in real estate because of the investment side. Um, and, and also like I, from what I've seen, there's a lot of people, it, the barrier of entry to get your real estate license is really easy. I mean, I got it in 17 days, literally. If, you know, most people, it takes them a month or two to get their license and they go pass the test and have their license And we have all these you know thousands and thousands of brokers in, in tacoma and you know not a lot of them do a lot of business but they see it as oh this guy's in real estate he does really well and oh you're great with people so you you know you're funny and charismatic so you can go sell houses and it's like and they never really take the time to really understand real estate like on a deeper level um and so i think that's really what it comes down to and some people you know they do And they really go all in on it. And those are the ones that are the most successful because, you know, yeah, they sell a lot of homes probably, but, you know, they own a lot of homes too. And and so that's really where the wealth comes in. You know, this is, I look at real estate as this is my business, my job, my profession in terms of sales, but in terms of, you know, building generational wealth and set myself up to where I don't have to work anymore if I don't want to, you know, that's the investment side. That's that's what I'm striving for on, on the other end as well. And so, and and also um, I think helping other people really understand what they're, what they're doing and what they're trying to do and honestly doing exactly what I do. Like I, I don't hold, I'm not withholding any secrets and I don't tell any lies. So if I tell you I'm doing something, I'm doing it. And I'll tell you how I do it. And if you decide to take my advice and listen to me and work with me, great, let's go do it. If not, I wish you the best either way, but you know, I, I all I can do is tell you what I've done and then really just hope that, that if you listen you know, it, it can make you successful too, and I've helped a few people do it. And you know, everyone that's listened to me is so far has, has been pretty, uh, been pretty successful in their efforts.
0: Yeah, man. And sometimes it's you know, going back to like you know your upbringing sounds like it's somewhat similar to mine as far as like there not being a lot of people um, around you to be to even introduce you to the concepts of financial literacy or the concept mm-hmm. of you know, real estate or wealth building or any of that. Right. So um, it seems like mm-hmm. you're in that and you're giving that back to other people, which is, which is, which is awesome. Um, and I'm sure that's super, super satisfying sure. to now be that person to be able to actually, you know, take that information, give it out and then see them flourish as well. Right.
1: Exactly. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, see people go from, you know, being essentially a broke lieutenant or, you know, or a soldier, whatever, or they just got the military and they just got their job and they don't know, you know, exactly how they're going to, they want to buy a house and, you know, potentially start, you know, turn it into rental properties and guiding them and showing them how to do it without having, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in a crazy expensive market is is really cool because it's all about numbers it's making it work and then it's just honestly just taking a risk and and jumping into it but if you make the calculated risk you're going to be all right and uh, and honestly that's what i'm here for because i've done it myself i know what to look for i know how to guide you in doing things and um you know that's why people trust me is because i'm i'm open and honest and transparent
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. That's why we created this podcast, you guys, you know, just to to bring other people on, share the stories. And hopefully you can gain some a little bit of insight and, you know, start your own journey. So um, that's really, really what I love about uh, what, what, um, you know, bringing people like you on and and hearing your story, man. So um, for sure, getting into the uh, you mentioned the VA loan earlier. Right. And you've taken advantage of that and speaking about soldiers in general um, and other people like starting their their journey. Um, what about the VA loan, um, is so attractive and, uh, can help other soldiers like really build wealth. And do you have any, like, I don't know, like a game plan for them, like a simple game plan for, for someone that's trying to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends, you know, I've had people that are come to me and they want to build a rental portfolio and build their empire and then i have other people that just want to buy a house and they just want to do it in the best way that and provide housing for their family and that's it right so either either side of it either end of the spectrum um if you have a va loan i think that's the best product to start with um it's the easiest part of to start with um and it's i think it's pretty simple um so obviously you have zero down but you don't the va loan is zero down zero dollars down but that's not zero dollars out of pocket you do have to pay closing costs you know typically eight to ten thousand dollars um depending on your lender and the fees they charge and all that stuff and and the price point um and so i mean from there i mean i i recommend if if you have the savings you have if you have about ten thousand dollars and you want to buy a house you have the income to support it i'd say go ahead and do it even if you don't have the ten thousand dollars or you just you have it and you want to save it maybe towards improvements or whatever else um i recommend that you honestly give with the realtor That knows how to really navigate a market and and negotiate closing costs for you, you know all of the all you know when you go and look at a house and you you love it you want to, you know you can get your closing costs covered but it has to be by the seller so you have to negotiate that into the price and into the offer, Um, and so I've helped a lot of people do that, Um, and I think right now with interest rates rising this is the time to do it again, you know we've been getting people closing costs covered left and right, Um, as long as you know that's what that's what they want. and so I recommend go ahead and doing that. And if you want to create a, you know, turn your VA loan into a rental, understand that um, there's no limit on the number of homes you can have in your VA loan. There's only a limit on how much you can have finance on your VA loan. And even with that, there's a caveat too. So like, so it, just to, it, 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 I don't want to get too, too far in detail, but, um, you know, here in Pierce and King County in Washington, it's all county dependent. They have what's called a uh, VA county loan limit. And so... And Pearson King County is $891,000. If you buy a house you know, in, in your first year for let's say $400,000, that means you have $491,000 left over in your entitlement for zero down. So that means that you can go buy a house for $491,000, zero down, the same way you just did the $400,000 house. However, if you wanna go over that amount, you only have to pay 25% of the difference. So let's say you wanna buy, buy a house for 591,000. That's a hundred thousand dollars more than they, what you have left in your entitlement and your down payment is only $25,000. So, um, and then whenever you start to understand that, you can now you know think down the line. So what I did was I maxed out my VA loan in back-to-back years. And then I waited um, because I I figured I wasn't going to be able to buy my VA loan for for quite some time. But then just this year, I refinanced. You can only do this one time. I refinanced the first house I bought my VA loan out of VA and into conventional. And then I freed up a certain amount of entitlement. And now I have enough to go and purchase again. And so I'm actually in the middle of doing that right now. I'm buying another house. So um, and if, if you can really, you know, be one, be patient and think strategically through this and then also understand that. You know, your first house doesn't isn't your forever home, especially when you're building a rental portfolio. You know, you think with the end in mind, you 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 purchase a house that'll be a good rental and then you move on from there once you hit about 12 months.
0: Yeah, man, nail in the head, dude, like you mentioned a couple of great things there. And I think the most important thing you mentioned was begin with the end in mind. Right. Realize yeah. how this factors into uh your long-term goals and also understand that this is not your forever home. You're going to be living in this house for maybe three to five years, right? So um, if you're yeah. if you're planning to turn this into rental into a rental property, it would make sense for you to 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 ensure that it cash flows when you buy it. Like it would, it's gonna cash flow as a rental when you buy it, right? Um and it makes mm-hmm. sense for for your long-term goals. I love that. I'm glad you 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 really mentioned yeah. that and, and kind of honed in on that. Um sure. but, but yeah I mean the VA loans is an excellent starting place for anyone trying to start their uh rental portfolio. Obviously, if you want to buy a primary residence, you know that 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 works as well. Um mm-hmm. but if you're you're thinking strategically, just like Javon said, um you can you can end up really in three duty stations, you know, if they're the in certain duty stations, uh you can end up with 12 units, right? So you can buy a four unit in your first duty station, then you can move. You know, rent that out, buy another four unit, live in one unit, then move, then buy another four unit, right? So I mean, at the end of three PCSs, you could, you could, you could potentially have up to twelve units, right? You can be cash flowing mm-hmm. on all of them, living in one one unit, you know, um, living in one unit in your current duty station, right? Renting the other three out, living rent free, and keeping all of your BAH, right? So these are the strategic moves yep. to, to to build wealth. That anyone in the service can take advantage of, right? And then another one um, for those of you guys who don't know, um, I'm a dual military couple. Uh, I'm in, and my wife's in, so uh, we switch who use, <laughs> we switch uh, like who uses the VA loan. So just like the availability, yeah. like uh, there's no loan caps right now, so you can, you know, if you qualify for a two million dollar purchase using the VA loan, then you can still get back you know, you can still, you can still use the VA loan, right? So um, we can buy multiple homes, I can buy, I bought the first two houses, right, with my VA loan, well, my wife can buy the next two houses with the VA loan, and that eligibility doesn't change. So just like Javon said in his county, I think $891,000. Well, that'd be $891,000 for me, and then also $891,000 for my wife. So I mean, if you think about these things strategically, uh, you can really not only not only, uh, make a good living while you're in the military, but also, uh, start generating that, that, that wealth, that long-term wealth. So, um, I, I love it, man. It's awesome. awesome. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, so you've been, so you've been, uh, really going hard on not just, uh, being a realtor, right? You said like 60 something, I think. he sold like 60 something (laughs) houses. Um, and, and that's actually crazy because I know in Tacoma, those houses aren't cheap up there. Like we're talking about like 500, $600,000 homes. I I imagine. So closing on 60 something homes. I mean, that's hey that's super impressive, man. But then on top of that, also doing the flips and also, you know, giving back and doing everything else. So how are you managing all this? I mean, you, you got, do you have a a family or like, how how do you manage all this time?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I do have a family. I have a wife and a young daughter. Um, she's she's just turned one a couple months ago. So, um, you know, obviously that time is sacred. But I, after 2020, uh, my wife got pregnant in 2020, and towards the end of the year, and I, as I was just riding myself ragged. And it was, I was working so hard and so such long hours because I was a solo agent. I didn't have an assistant. And I had essentially a watered-down transaction coordinator who, who was offered through my brokerage that honestly didn't do much. Um, I didn't have a lot of help. It was just all me. And so 2021, at the beginning of the year, I decided I was going to start a team. Um, and that's been a whole learning process in its own. Um, but I, at the time, I hired an assistant. Um, I brought on a couple agents. You know, I burned through a few agents, and um, I, I, you know, I hired a few agents. But I, I think I've finally got a good portion of it figured out now. Um, and so now, you know, I'm, you know, lucky enough that I don't necessarily have to work the super long weekends and go show all the houses anymore because I have a team. I was able to delegate outsource and use other people's time and efforts to be able to you know essentially do what i continue to do and it's actually allowed us to grow as a team you know especially this year because i already last year was setting the foundation so i didn't really grow in terms of transaction size last year but this year i have um you know we're selling more houses than i've ever sold before and um you know and i'm able to you know have more people do it and essentially create a career for them as well so it's, it's been really really awesome and um and just growing that team delegating and being able to outsource it just frees up so much of my time to be able to to spend more time with my family and then also focus a little bit on investing as well i know i know different states are set up
0: different ways when it comes to realtors Mm -hmm. and like brokers um how is how is uh washington set up is are you the broker in charge or is it like hey you're working on a team like you guys just have a team together of realtors i'm just curious yes
1: yeah so uh i don't know how it is in other states but here in order to be a team leader um i'm directly res- i'm directly responsible for the the people on my team and so since i'm the team leader i do have to have my managing broker's license okay. so here in washington they call all, you know basically your basic real estate agent license they call they call you brokers And then in order to be essentially what in other states would be uh, considered an actual broker that runs an office or a team or whatever, um, we call that managing broker. So now I'm a managing broker. You have to have at least three years of experience to be that. Um, But you also have to, in order to be a team leader, you have to have your managing broker's license. So um, I have my managing broker's license, uh, but I do fall under a brokerage. I don't own my own brokerage.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, that's how it works in Georgia. That's what I was asking. I know it works in North Carolina a little differently as well. But yeah, Yeah. um, so that's that's interesting. So you got got a team together. What does your team look like and how did you like go about building them? And also, um, I guess, how much did your your PL time or like your your, you know, I guess, military experience help in Mm -hmm. managing and building and creating that team?
1: Sure. Um, So. I, uh, unfortunately, for the longest, didn't really lean in too much on my experience as a leader and being able to leader to build a team. Um, And so I think that was my biggest mistake, but since then I have, Um, and just to understand that being one being a little bit more I don't want to say authoritative or like using my power, but just really being a little bit more strict has helped me a lot with growing my team, you know, from, I was too lax, I think at the beginning, but now I'm a little bit more strict. Um, I'm I'm definitely setting, you know, more standards and making sure that we're on the same page and have more uniformity and all that good stuff Um, that I feel like I take directly from being a platoon leader and an officer. Um, And then also just understanding how to delegate that's been huge for me. You know, so right now I have an admin and assistant. Um, well, admin assistant, it's just one person for right now. I do want to bring somebody else on. Um, I had two agents underneath me, but right now I just have one. Um, I have you know, I have somebody else who's who's gonna be newly licensed joining the team. Um, and then I also am in a process of uh figuring out how I'm gonna structure but being a re- or adding on referral directors. So what I'm looking for there is, and I already have one guy joining. He's a he's actually a full herd, um, and so you have to be licensed. You have to be an agent. Um, I'm, I'm really only looking for people in Washington that want to make some extra side income. But all they do is refer business to the team, and so they they get a referral check every time they re- they refer somebody. Um, so it's good to side income from them. They're not necessarily out selling homes, but you know if there's somebody who has a, a good network, has people that um, have people that are you know, wanting to buy and sell, you know, they can refer them to us and, and we'll take care of them. You know, the other agent on my team is actually my classmate from West Point. He played baseball. So um, that's been a really cool dynamic. And, uh, you know, I, honestly, I'm just looking to continue to build it out. But I'm only, I'm being very selective in who I, who I hire and who I interview. I'm not just interviewing anybody.
0: I mean, no, that makes complete sense. If you're gonna work with them, <laughs> it makes exactly. sense. You, know, you, actually, you actually kind of like what you, you know, like who you work with, right? And it's awesome that you yeah. have the the ability to make those decisions, right? Where like, hey, sure. I'm not gonna work with anybody I don't like, right? Um, but it's exactly. interesting that it's interesting that you say like, um, you know, you, you at first you weren't bringing um, lessons learned or like, you know, things that you you learned in the military over to the civilian world because I've dealt with the same thing, man. Like sometimes. Yeah when you when you put just like your regular civilian clothes on it's like a it's a weird switch right and you're like all right I'm a civilian now all right now and I put the uniform on now now I'm a soldier right so um, there's been times where I'm like man I don't know how I'm going to figure this out and I'm like well why don't I just do (laughs) what I I do my (laughs) my regular job right so it's it's kind of weird man so um, have you have you I guess what was the what was the thing that made you switch
1: or helped you switch um, I think just realizing that, uh, after I burned through three agents, <laughs> and I'm like, neither of these people, that, you know, a lot of them aren't good fits. And I'm just like, and, and, you know, there's just some things that came up and I was just like, man, I, I really need to be like more diligent on not only who I hire, but also like the ex- setting the expectations. And I had one, a couple incidents where if I had just set the expectations clearly from the gate, I would have never run into this issue, but because I didn't, you know, I didn't even have an SOP operation manual, I didn't have any of that, but now I have it. And, you know, anytime I bring somebody on, they know what the expectations are, and it's pretty clear. We have processes and systems for everything, well, mostly everything now. Um, And I've been slowly implementing more and more, I'm always hungry to learn how to implement that. And so, um, for me, it was just, I think, just. Well, part of it not knowing exactly what to look for not knowing exactly what to do or what to implement and then also the other part of it was just like again I was like man I'm not in the military anymore anymore I don't have to do this I don't have to, you know but it's, it's it's kind of strange how it actually the things I learned and the skills that I learned apply almost directly into what I do now and so it's like all right maybe I do need to lean on this a little bit more than I thought <laughs> yeah that's crazy dude and what branch yeah.
0: were you? and what branch were you i was i was over okay yeah. yeah yeah man yeah uh, it's wild man it, it's, it really is wild i i uh i laugh sometimes when i find myself in predicament predicaments like even so, something as simple as this like running this podcast mm-hmm. and um and running the youtube channel and and doing things like that i'm like oh well this i can be doing exactly what i'm doing over here and and do the same thing here on the civilian exactly. side and it still applies so uh, i love that yeah. man um <clears throat> but yeah so I, I I enjoyed your story, man. I really enjoyed your story. I think there's a lot of lessons learned um through through everything you've done so far. Uh what's the what's the end goal? Like what are you what are you trying to work towards? I know generational wealth, but that's really vague. Yeah. Like do you have like a set target? Are you looking for like net worth? Are you looking for uh cash flow? Are you looking for like what what specifically is your goal here?
1: Um I don't know that I have a, a clear end goal. Um and I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm I'm still young, I'm only 28. So like I feel like it's kind of hard to say, oh, what's my end goal? Cause I I I don't know that I ever I'll ever have an end goal because at the end of the day, like I can't really see myself just like retiring and riding off into the sunset and just you know, (laughs) disappearing from the world. Um, so for me, I think my end goal is or my goal, my general goal is really just to help as many people as I possibly can you know, make the biggest impact that I possibly can and, um, you know, uh, teach as many people or at least give tools or insight or, you know, affect people and as many people as I can to where they're not, they're, they're provided resources that, that allow them to get out of the financial literacy if that's what they choose. Cause at the end, that's one thing I've also learned is that if people don't want to learn about being better financially, they're not going to, and you can't force anybody to, to do that or convince them to do that. And so I learned that the hard way. Um, but yeah, I think, so I think that's my goal. Um, you know, I, I'm not, as far as my team goes, I, d- I definitely have a goal of having about five to seven agents underneath me. Um, people that are out there killing it and crushing it. Um, and so, you know, I'm in a very early stages, but it took me a long time to even figure that out. So um, I'm in a very early stages of starting that out, but um, I do believe I'll get there soon enough. And then uh, as far as property, there's the investment side. So I actually want to be a developer. Like I want to develop multifamily properties um, and hold them as rentals. Um, that's that's pretty much, that's that's what I'm working towards now. Um trying to, right now, I'm just trying to build the, the foundation with building uh, single family homes and so that's kind of that's another reason why I took my foot off the brake when it comes to flipping is because I want to really hone in on developing property and I think that's I think that's the way in which I want to go and I you know in terms of my highest and best use I think you know I see other people that figured it out and I'm like if they figured it out I know I can so um that's kind of where I'm at right now
0: that's awesome man I like that and I, I've, I've given it some thought too about like trying to do the develop going the development route and stuff Uh, i'm curious why, why development and um if you do go that route what are you planning to do to like start i guess um start along that path or along that journey
1: um i think development because i you know i look at flipping and although like i can just continue to do it and crush it just like i always have i just honestly i'm kind of tired of it um and and i also know that there's there's just better and more efficient avenues and ways in which I can generate a lot more wealth in one deal than I can in flipping. You know, um, like you know, making $100,000 on a flip is like honestly unheard of. <laughs> um, or or if, if it's not, maybe not unheard of, but it's a little bit more, it's, it's a lot more rare. Whereas, you know, I can generate a million dollars plus worth of wealth for not only me, but other people in a development deal, especially if I bring them together. If I'm the one that figures it out, you know, I know I can go raise the money. I know I can go do everything I need to do. But, um, you know, when you look at the bigger projects, that's the way that you really bring, you know, opportunities and value to other people. Um, and then also, you know, I'm able to really accelerate what I'm doing on, on the cash flow side and on on the investment side and building generational wealth as well. Um, and it's just a challenge, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, honestly, I feel like I figured out flipping and I kind of mastered it. And I'm, I honestly got kind of bored with it, too. So it's like at this point, I'm like I I think I need a little bit more of a challenge, and so um, development is just so far it's, it's a hell of a challenge. Um, I, I and there's and there's not a whole lot of information out there. It's not like I can go read a book on how to on how to develop. I mean, you can, but it's just so different, and there's so many different nuances and factors, and it's uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's
0: so a little different down to the county level. Like you got to, yeah. yeah like I it's feel like even. Yeah I feel feel like development you like you legit have to know people and and even especially like you you almost have to kind of politic even with like city officials because they're the ones that have to basically bless off on you building whatever you want to build right especially if you're talking about going to like the commercial space and stuff like that so that's that's interesting man I'm looking forward to seeing you you know you crush that we'll have to bring you back on in like a couple years or whenever you whenever you get it figured out which I'm you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it won't be that long if you got your real estate license in 17 days, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that's awesome. So like kind of wrapping up here, um, if, if we got soldiers out here, listening to this, right. And, uh, they're seeing what you're doing and they want to kind of do something similar. Um, what, what's one piece of advice that you would give to uh, those listening?
1: Um, the one piece of advice is, I would say, just you know, really be stubborn and and what other and other people's advice that are deterring you from doing something. If if you have something that you want to do and you know you want to do it, don't let your platoon sergeant or your platoon leader or your commander tell you you shouldn't do it or to discourage you or even you know your colleagues, because deep down inside, nine times out of ten, they're just you know they're insecure or they're or they're resenting what you're doing, and so you know I, like. A prime example, when I got my real estate license, you know, other lieutenants looked at me funny. They were like, Why are you like pretty much like and then, sorry, I don't know if we can swear, but pretty much like looking at me as if I'm a shitbag because that's the common military term because I'm doing something outside the army. And as soon as I'm done with my duties, I'm going and showing houses and selling houses. And you know, it, it, they didn't understand it, but I think now they do. Um, and you know, looking back on it, if, if I had listened to them or Honestly, I didn't ask my commander's permission. I just went and did it. And I was just like, you know, my, my mentality is I'm a grown man. You're not going to tell me what I, if I can or can't go make some extra money. So um, if it doesn't interfere with my duties, you know, I wasn't going to let it stop me from doing it. And so I, I encourage anybody, everybody else to kind of take that same path. You know, if you have something you want to do, go after it. Don't let other people discourage you, no matter if they're in a position of power or your colleague at work or they think you're a shitbag in, in your unit. Like, you know, don't be a shitbag, but, um, you know, definitely don't just not pursue something because you're afraid.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the key thing, the key thing there, you said, as long as it doesn't interfere with your duty and hundred percent agree, because obviously I've went through the same exact thing, man. I think anyone who's, who has any kind of, you know, entrepreneurial venture kind of goes through the same thing. And I think what it is, is that people cannot, um, if they can't see themselves doing it, then they can't see other people doing it, right? So they sometimes and sometimes you know inadvertently project their fears on you. And that's not just chain of command. That's family. That's friends, that's, that's whoever you know doesn't have the same vision that that you have, right? So um, I think that's definitely important, especially on the army side. If it's not going to interfere, if it's not interfering with what you're doing, then you know by all means go and go and uh, pursue that passion. Because a lot of times, what I heard, at least when I first started, right? I remember flipping my first property in um, and I had a senior leader like, why are you doing that? You know, you should focus on the Army, you know, focus on the military career, dah, 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 all that stuff. And um, and he's like, you, "You, I don't even know how you have the time to do that. I'm like, I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm like, I know all you do is talk about football all day. So I know you watch Thursday <laughs> night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football, like you're watching yeah. football all the time. You're going to games, you're doing all these stuff. Well, I choose not to do that, you know, and I choose to take yeah. that time that you're spending to do that. I'm spending on other things, you know, that that's more yeah. fulfilling and in my eyes, more proactive. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, man, like if you're listening out there, that, that's great advice, excellent advice, man. Like go pursue that passion. <laughs> Um, especially if it's not interfering with uh, with what you got going on, man. That's I love that advice. Love it for sure. For sure. So, so we, we've listened to we listen to your story. Love your story. Uh, love the advice. Um, how can our listeners get a hold of you if, you want, if they want to find out more?
1: Um, I would just honestly direct them to my social media. I'm really active on there. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all it's all the same. It's at Jervon Simon. Perks have a unique, unique name. So if uh, you give me a follow, you know, reach out to me there. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proactive and checking my DMs and all that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Excellent. And we'll put those links uh, down below uh, in the show notes Whether they listen to this on podcast or YouTube. They'll be down there. So make sure you, uh, you go tap in with Jervon. Um, You'll probably start seeing the development stuff on there. And then shortly after that, maybe you'll see some multifamily development on there. I'm really excited to, yeah. to see that. So, um, but thanks a lot for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Love the love the story. Love the uh, the information you gave out. Uh, any any
1: parting advice or parting words? Just go crush it. <laughs> That's it. You know, go do go, go follow your passions and don't be don't be afraid to do it. Go take massive action and do it.
0: Excellent. 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 All right. With that said, this is Dan Wynn signing off.